0: GalaxyCon Live is the place for you to hear about fandom from the celebrities who bring geek culture to life. Welcome, friends and fans and children of all ages, to another episode of GalaxyCon Live, where we are bringing in the convention experience directly to you. And today, we are going back to Disney Town by way of a galaxy far, far away with two amazing guests. And now is the time for all of you in our chat room to begin typing in your questions for them. Immediately after this session, you will have the opportunity to talk to them directly through our private chat options, as well as shop our selection of personalized autographs, all of which are available now at GalaxyCon.com. So, without further ado, let's wish upon a star and bring them out. Our first guest is an actor, illustrator, and presently the fourth performer in history to provide the voice of Walt Disney's most recognized and beloved characters in video games, animation, and ancillary media. Please welcome back the voice of Mickey Mouse himself, our friend, Brad Iwin. Hey, how are you doing, Patty? I am well, my friend. How are you?
1: I am great. I'm happy to be here. This is fun.
0: So good to have you here. So uh, you were just remarking before that you are in your uh, office slash uh, garage.
1: <laughs> yes, garage is not so glamorous of a term, but uh, this is my <laughs> office, my my art studio. Yeah, which happens to be at the back of my garage slash workshop. So, yeah, that's where <laughs> I'm hanging out today.
0: And uh, that was your uh, that was your uh, sort of your project uh, during society's shutdown?
1: It it did. It, uh, not unplanned to be during the, the pandemic, but it, it, the timing was perfect because I started it right when everything shut down in March and I was able to focus on it and get it finished within a couple months. So not bad yeah. timing.
0: Not bad at all. And uh, you didn't miss a step. Uh, the powers that be uh, kept you busy this whole time, haven't they?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, the blessing of Mickey is that he never is uh, bored. He always has something to do. And so I was recording from home. Uh, until studios were safe to open back up again. And now we're back in the studio, still recording uh, Mickey Mouse Fun House and, and Roadster Racers and uh, Mixed Up Adventures and all that fun stuff. So we're back at work. Uh, may we all get back to work.
0: <laughs> yes, yes,
1: yes, yes, for sure.
0: Andy, well, like I said, you're doing good, and good is the new amazing in these interesting times.
1: That's right. Well, it's all about keeping a positive attitude, right? It's It's perspective.
0: So, and that's one thing I've always admired. And speaking of positive attitudes, uh, our next guest is an actress and an apparel entrepreneur whose credits include That's So Raven, Ultimate Spider Man, and author of the book It's Your Universe, You Have the Power to Make It Happen. Among Star Wars fandom, she is beloved as the originator and the voice of Asako Tano in Clone Wars, Rebels, and more. Please welcome back Ashley Eckstein. <laughs> hi, hi,
2: Patty. Hi, Brett. How's it going? Hi,
0: Ashley. Good. How have you been?
2: Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm thrilled to be here tonight.
0: Oh, indeed. Good to have you back. Uh, all of our mutual friends from uh, your days and uh, and the Orlando attractions areas have all said. Oh, tell her I said hi. Tell her I said hi. So I'm just gonna say everybody says hi.
2: Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I know we have several mutual friends, and I love that. Orlando is is my hometown, and. Um, I mean, truly some of the best, best people. I am I, a proud Floridian.
0: <laughs> Indeed. So uh, how have you been these past few months as we last saw you uh, holding up during uh, society's pause, as I like to call it?
2: You know what um, I'm doing great uh, you know, as you said, um good is the new bar and and i I' blessed to say that um my family we' all happy and healthy and and fortunately we've been able to to be together uh and I just got back from visiting my sister, you know safely, and so um it's it's been good i've I've been able to catch up with family and friends a lot, so uh are we're, we're all well.
0: Very awesome. Very awesome. Well, both of you, once again, thank you for joining us here today. As always, we look forward to the day when the world gets a little bit back to normal and we can once again put you back on our physical stages and get you back in front of your fans. But in the meantime, we are thrilled to have you here on the GalaxyCon virtual stage.
1: The next best thing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> indeed so the team right now is going through the chat room pulling out the questions for us in the meantime uh for our audience members who may not know i, I would like to hear how each of you individually i i know these stories but i would love you uh, if uh, the audience to hear them again how did uh these uh iconic roles with disney begin for each of you wow
1: who, who should start <laughs> I- 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 Order, I- Ashley.
2: I think you should go first because technically I joined the family, Disney family a little later.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, So for me, uh, let's see. It it really starts, I mean, if you want to go way back, it starts with just being a fan. I grew up a huge Disney fan. Um, Visiting Disneyland in Southern California was one of my favorite places to go. Um, I loved all the classic Walt TV shows and and all the classic animated shorts and features. So I kind of just grew up immersed in that that world and that culture. And it really influenced my creativity and my aspirations to be a creative and specifically an animator and an illustrator. So, uh, you know, Disney set me on a path very early on. Now I went to art school, got my first job at Hallmark greeting cards where I started as an illustrator professionally. And after five years there, which was, you know, kind of the end goal, as far as I was concerned, I was having a great time. I was going to work there. I was going to retire from that job, um, I got an email which literally changed my life. It was an email outlining the audition process, uh, which was uh, they were working out at the time to find an understudy for Wayne Allwine, who is the third voice of Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend, who works at Pixar, just knew that I was a huge Mickey fan. She knew I did the voice mm-hmm. uh, for fun, and said, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta do this. You gotta audition." And so it outlined the process, and uh, not knowing anything about. Uh, voiceover industry or how things typically were done. I just followed the directions, which were simply to uh, call a number and leave a voicemail. Um, ironically, I just, my one of my directors texted me this week and sent, he had found in their files, um, the saved voicemail from me back on March 19th, 2009, uh, submitting my audition. And I, I listened to it uh, a couple of days ago and I got, you know, a little teary-eyed. I won't lie and and chills. Like it's just, So weird to think back on that time and and then be where I am now. But um, yeah, I I auditioned over the phone, I guess. And then um, the process unfolded slowly after that. I was called in eventually for an in-studio audition. I I, um, First time in front of a microphone in a sound booth. I got to record my audition as Mickey, going over a few lines, uh, kind of unrehearsed, um, doing some cold reads. And um, then, uh, sadly, a few... Months after that, or about a month after that, Wayne Alwyn passed away. And it no longer was an understudy position they were looking to fill. They were recasting The Voice. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I maintained my job at Hallmark, but they they decided to start trying me out. It was kind of a, a trial basis. And I was flying out to LA from Kansas City, and uh, I'd record a few projects, and then I'd fly back and go back to my normal job or my normal life. And you, know. and
0: you had to do that under great secrecy, Correct.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was never explained to me that I had to operate, you know, it wasn't by any means clandestine, but I knew kind of better at that point to not, uh, broadcast it, uh, for my artistic career. You know, I was still employed at Hallmark and I was working full time and, um, and they hadn't officially offered it to me. They were very clear that it was a trial situation. So, um, yeah, I just kind of, I enjoyed the ride as I often tell a lot of people who start in the business, you know, I just tried to live in the moment. I tried Mm -hmm. to to think about how exciting it was every project I did, um, and not expect a whole lot more after that. Well, uh, thankfully, uh, after a couple of sessions, they did sit me down and said, you know, we were really happy with what you've done. We'd love for you to be the guy. It will of course require you moving out to LA, which I was from LA. So it was not a big deal. I, yeah. I, uh, took some time, long story short, had to leave my Hallmark career and I made the move to, to LA. Um, Literally with a suitcase and a dream because I had <laughs> no <laughs> no money. I packed everything up. I moved out and I started fresh with the, the Mickey gig. But I've never looked back and I've never regretted it. It's been a, a wild ride.
0: Absolutely. During that formative time uh, when you were flying out and stuff, uh, was there any I- insight that, the, that they gave you that uh, you were unaware of and trying to lock down the character or the voice?
1: Uh, you know, I think the the biggest benefit uh, during those um, sessions was just learning the breadth of work that that uh, Mickey had to do. You know, yeah. I thought I was a huge fan and I thought I knew everything and but my world was really limited to TV shows, maybe a few feature shorts, um, and the theme parks. Yeah. I was completely um naive when it came to the amount of toys and and the video game franchises and corporate events and the list goes on. And so, you know, one of my first projects was Disney on Ice, which yeah. I never even considered, but that was a huge thing for us and, and and Knock on Wood has continued to be every year. Um, you know, Feld Entertainment does these huge shows with the uh, the characters and so yeah, I think the the, the biggest um learning um benefit that I had during that time was just kind of being introduced to, to everything. And with each different project came a different perspective or a different approach, uh, which was really beneficial in, in kind of tuning those Mickey skills. Yeah.
0: And, and again, this is, this is how Disney operates. They're very, very protective of the integrity of, of all their characters and perfect case in point about the fact that you are tapped to do little talking doodads and toys and things like that. I remember when Iron Man first came out before Marvel bought it, the toys were out in the market and there was a talking Iron Man toy that sounded nothing like Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) It was literally like, I am Iron Man. (laughs) You know, you get the idea that they could grab somebody in accounting and say, "Ah, just get in the booth and do whatever. So Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's an interesting business, and and you're right. Disney is is unique in having that approach where character consistency is so important to them. And and the the group that I work with most often uh, is called Disney Character Voices, and their sole job is to ensure character integrity across the board, whether that is a a toy on the shelf or um, a feature film. Um, And they do it for all over the world too. They're in charge of casting the soundalikes in Italy and France and and all that so um yeah it's 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 a very important uh role and uh yeah people are always surprised you know the number one text i get is like hey i'm in target is this you on a toy and i'm like yeah yep that's me i believe it or not i was willing to go in to record for that target toy <laughs> i was more than happy to go in to record that target toy let's let's be, let's be honest yeah
0: Ah, uh, fantastic! And Ashley, uh, wow you would uh, you would be doing some 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 good work, and then then Clone Wars comes around. Uh, tell us about this.
2: Yes, yes. Um, sorry, my husband just opened the door right as you asked me the question. We're doing something. I know. We're
1: busy. <laughs> it's on the calendar.
2: Is, that, is everything good? <laughs> oh, my husband wants to watch this.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh, tell David. me go to, go to galaxycon.com and, and sign up.
2: <laughs> go to galaxycon.com <laughs> and sign up. But I'm gonna go back because we're live. Yeah. <laughs>
1: hi David.
2: <laughs> <Fred says> hi. <laughs> See, this is this is what I love about 2020 and um, <laughs> is that this is this is you know, unscripted, truly unscripted has become the norm. And everyone's gotten to get a peek behind the curtain of everyone's daily lives. And I think it's kind of refreshing to see everyone is a bit scatterbrained. Everyone's actually a bit of a mess. I mean, Behind, like literally, just like right to my left of this camera, is just stacked boxes. Um, because
1: I retinos, can attest to that. I know I, I've seen it. Yes,
2: knows, but my husband and I have been moving a lot, so we're buried in boxes. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I mean, it, everyone has just kind of taken off the filter per se. And uh, and every, I feel like we're all just living our, our authentic daily lives.
1: Oh, yeah. My fiance and I's favorite thing to do is when watching newscasts to see the different backgrounds everyone has. And it's funny. There's, like, there's this very common bookshelf that everyone seems to have. It's like this folding thing. The sides fold it. Looks super, you know. I'm sure it's like found at any store, but I'm like, what about this shelf? Did everyone go out and buy this? Like, I need a bookcase behind me, so they bought this shelf <laughs> and put a few tchotchkes on it to look. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've got my lovely blank wall.
1: Um, I, I am admiring your blank wall, <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, but okay. So, yes, yeah, sorry, Patty, back to your question.
0: No, that's okay. I, like, our, our the agent just said, when a world series MVP interrupts the stream, it's totally okay.
1: <laughs> wait he's what he did
0: what
2: yeah, it's that it's that sports ball thing Brett remember oh, yeah. oh yeah,
1: yeah, with yeah, yeah, the, yeah.
0: With, oh, like, I forgot with the, okay with the, with the stick and the right. yeah. yeah 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 yeah
2: it's not cricket it's it's the other
1: oh one. yeah okay <laughs> yeah got it <laughs> I remember now
2: <laughs> but uh you know it's ironic because I I you know I said Brett you go first because technically I joined the Disney family later but Actually, I think I, I beat you like by you many, many years, Brent, You did. You did. I grew up in Orlando, Florida. My dad was a Disney cast member. But I officially became a Disney cast member um, on my 16th birthday. So it was my dream to work for Disney. And um, literally, that's all I wanted for my 16th birthday was to become a cast member. So I did. I went and signed up and got a job. And um, fortunately, I was able to get a job in entertainment. And so back then it was MGM Studios. Now it's Disney's Hollywood Studios. But um, uh, fortunately, I got to be in entertainment at Disney's Hollywood Studios and then eventually moved to L.A. where my dream was not to win an Oscar, but I wanted to be an actress on the Disney Channel. That was literally all I wanted to do because Brett and I bonded truly over our love of the Mickey Mouse Club. Like
1: it's, true. it's right.
2: Yeah, it was at that moment. Actually, Brett, I think it was at that moment that we really realized like we were meant to be best friends. I
1: think I think that's when it officially clicked. Yeah. Yes. are yes. Like okay. Yeah. This is this is safe.
2: Yes. Yes. So I wanted to be an actress <laughs> on the Disney Channel and eventually moved to LA. And I was fortunate to make that dream come true. And I w- uh, got to be a recurring character on that. So Raven. Um, mm-hmm. And then honestly, at that point. You know, I, I'd been a lifelong Star Wars fan, but I, I didn't even know to dream to be in Star Wars because I thought that George Lucas was done making Star Wars. So uh, I, I didn't even know that it was a possibility. And one day I got a call um, to audition for the new uh, Star Wars animated project and I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, quite frankly, like it was like, a roller coaster of emotions because instantly it was it was such excitement like i have to get this role and then the next second i was crushed because they wanted me to audition for padme and i sounded nothing like her um but uh, eventually um Through, you know, the course of the audition, I was asked to audition for this brand new character that nobody knew about, which ended up becoming Ahsoka Tano. And that was before Disney bought Lucasfilm. And, you know, a couple years later, um, George Lucas sold uh, Star Wars and, and Lucasfilm to Disney. And we joined the Disney family, which was just such a dream come true. I mean, Disney has... Disney is just my passion, you know. Brett and I, obviously, it's it's a love of ours, and we've been so fortunate to do so much with uh, the Disney Company.
0: Very much so. So, one thing, uh, and yes, uh, I have noticed that uh, you guys are, are, are absolute besties, and Disney has put you guys on the road as sort of uh, 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 an ambassador duo, haven't they? The well, we I mean,
2: do it?
1: I was going to say, we're, we we definitely work as an ambassador duo, but that's honestly our own doing. We just yeah. uh, took it upon ourselves to, you know, we recognize, like Ashley said, we recognize this shared love. And, you know, w- there's nothing better than having fun with one of your best friends and, and, and repping the Disney brand as you do it. So,
0: yeah, yeah. That's very true. Very true.
2: And, and all the credit though, goes back to D23 because, uh, say that D23 set us up. Uh, we, 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 we had a (laughs) date, um, we (laughs) hooked a video together and, uh, and then we got to, to do some things for, um, destination D and from there, we just realized that, uh, we have so many shared passions and uh, really a shared way of thinking about how, you know, truly the, the dreams that you wish can and do come true, uh, but you have to make them happen. And so we were sitting around one day and we were just talking about, I think it was it was after, uh, it was, it was after the D23 Expo and we did a yeah. lot of listing together and we had so much fun working together and we were literally... Devastated that it was over, um and so we said, "Wait a minute! This doesn't have to end. We can just make up our own show and go on tour together." And so that's what we did. We created a show, yep. yeah. A tour schedule, and then COVID happened and didn't
0: get to hit the road.
1: <laughs> no, we did, we did everything but hit the road. We're fully prepared. <laughs> We're fully prepared, but we did not hit the road.
0: It's it's on the launching pad and it's still there. That's right. And you know, when, when, when the clouds uh, part and
1: everything is go, you can, you can, you can, you can push that button. We're we're locked and loaded. We're just waiting for the countdown. Yeah. And and the part I want to step in here and say the part that Ashley does not share about our friendship originating or originating originating. That's weird. What am I saying? Um, is that, you know, very early on before we had really officially, you know, sealed the deal on the friendship thing, we were hanging out in the parks and she put me into a, Uh, a truck to drive someplace with people that I just literally just met. Mm -hmm. And on the drive there, she realized she was concerned for me. And so I think that's when it clicked to her like, Oh, I care about this person. We're friends. Because she was worried that I was getting kidnapped, which was the same thing I was worried about. Um, it- Spoiler alert! I made it to our destination. They did not kidnap me, and so oh, that's good. In fairness,
2: yeah. they were a lovely couple.
1: Oh yes, yes.
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but yes, I I wouldn't <laughs> normally put my friends in cars with strangers, but it just luckful <laughs> for him that they were
1: they were lovely people. Oh, they were great. They were great. And it, was a, it was a very nice truck. Oh, they, oh hey <laughs> well, know? hey, did it have a ever? Bl- the blindfold they put over me was a little weird, but it was a very nice truck. Well, that the was clean.
0: That was for your protection, you know.
1: So. Uh, that's what they told me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so. So. And
0: uh, one other thing that that, that that fascinates me about both of you is there's a, a very interesting dichotomy about your characters. Uh, Brett uh, Mickey Mouse is an absolute static. This is this is the this is the the way the character is. This is the way it's defined, and he doesn't change. And that's and that's all for very very good reasons. Conversely, Tano, we saw we saw her as beginning as snips and you have carried her through an amazing character arc and an amazing growth through multiple series. And we saw her go from snips to a, okay. One of those characters to a fully fleshed veteran warrior of, uh, with, with some, with some baggage and a lot of wisdom and a lot and a lot of, uh, a lot of emotion and a lot of character. And that's, yeah. And that's, that's a credit to you, credit to Filoni, credit to everybody else on your side of the Star Wars equation.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, you know, Ahsoka Tano is truly a once in a lifetime role. Uh, and I have to say, I, just like many fans, I grew up with Ahsoka. Um, you know, I've been, I got to originate the character and I've, I've been doing the voice of the character since 2006. So I am now 39, but I was in my mid twenties when I started the character and I was very much a Padawan. And um, I, I, I went through a lot of the same experiences as Ahsoka. So even though Ahsoka is in a galaxy far, far away, I think the reason people love her so much is that the lessons she learns are very relatable. And um, we can literally relate to everything she's going through and to her emotions um, and and relate them to what's going on in our own lives. And I've oddly been able to do the same. A lot of what's happened to Ahsoka has even happened to me. And I feel like I've grown up with her. Uh, and so as the er- character progressed, um, we became closer and closer to the same age. And, uh, and so it's, it's just been an amazing process and, and I do not underestimate or, um, I do not, not underestimate what's the, what's, um, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for. But, uh, what I mean is, um, I, I relate to her on so many levels and she's taught me so much. When I say, I ask myself, what would Ahsoka do? I I mean it because she inspires a lot of my daily decisions. Um, And, and yeah, she's literally a part of my heart and soul. And
0: I, I, you know, I think of her constantly. Uh, She's in the hearts and souls of a lot of star Wars fans. (laughs) uh count myself uh, count myself as one of them and speaking of fans we are good to go on our audience questions so let's switch over to them and the first one is going to be from mark who wants to know do you enjoy reading and if so what is your favorite book or maybe one of your favorite books
1: oh gosh um okay so i'm gonna preface this by saying i'm horrible when it comes to favorites uh people will always say what's your favorite movie or what's your favorite music and i can never pinpoint one because i just i guess i just i like a variety of things um sure. but yes i do love reading i love um getting immersed in a good book and and kind of going on that like imagination journey uh especially if it's i, I love fiction fictional books um that kind of like transport you uh but yeah there's nothing better than getting lost in a good book mm.
0: yeah. you have a, is there a genre, that you may like?
1: um you know i i again i go through phases i was reading yeah. uh you know political uh i was reading the bully pulpit not too long ago and okay. uh about uh, teddy roosevelt and how he really kind of established um the presidency as this the, what it is today with this this media coverage type thing um that it, it has access to but um i'm a huge fan of the harry potter series and and uh you know the hunger games and, and fantasy like that so I got You're here first. Mickey yeah. Mouse
0: reads Harry Potter. Okay. <laughs> Mickey Mouse
1: does read Harry Potter and all kinds of art books. I like I try I have way oh. too many books. Most of them are art uh and and film related, but yeah. Awesome. Awesome. How about you?
2: Well, uh, I, I think it's no secret I am a huge Alice in Wonderland fan. Um, so, I draw a lot of inspiration from Alice in Wonderland. Um, you know, I, I in terms of films, I would choose the the classic uh, animated, you know, Walt Disney version. But I do love a good Lewis Carroll quote. So, you know, I would definitely say, um, you know, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, I gotta be honest, I am I, not the most voracious reader. Uh, I'd probably prefer a good script over, <laughs> over a book. I'm a bit of a slow reader. Um, but I, I always love a good book. Um, my husband and I actually read Hunger Games together, and I really, oh. really enjoyed that.
0: Nice, very nice. Uh, Jabberwocky is actually my, my main uh, audition piece. Nice. When I'm going in for voices, every 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 stand gets an entirely different character voice, and that's what got me my, the Monsters, Inc. gig. So. Nice. So I owe that to Lewis Carroll. <laughs> and Mark, thank you. That was a great question to start us off with. And from Mary and Chez, do you guys plan on taking your show on the road when cons start back?
1: Oh, Mary and, and Chaz, yeah, our bags are packed already. <laughs> We're ready. We are ready to go. We're looking forward to that.
2: Yes, yes. And first of all, I have to say hi, Mary. Hi, Chaz. Um, Mary and Chaz are two very, very good friends. We go way, way back. And uh, yes, as Brett said, we can't wait. Um, it, it, Brett, I mean, wouldn't you say, even if nobody shows up, we're going to <laughs> take it on the road. Oh, we'll, yeah. we'll be
1: there. If, if cons don't come back, we'll just, you know, pull our van into a middle of a parking lot and just kind of start... Sharing our, our, our story. I don't know that. You know what? Let's cut. Is this? Are we recording this or is it live? Let's cut that. We can just
0: like if you go if, back. Uh, I I'm pretty sure uh, you'll have an audience wherever you set up. If you give them. I mean,
1: up. no, but we are we are taking it on the road. Like we said, we didn't get our chance to, so we're we're ready. We're so excited. Awesome, awesome. Well, Marianne Chaz thank you for stopping by. And what do we have next
0: from Sam Tato? What is your best Christmas memory? Ooh. Or holiday memory. I'll expand I'll expand it out.
1: Fair enough. Ashley?
2: Well, I would say my my favorite holiday memory uh ties in with the Disney Parks. Um, you know, my dad, as I mentioned, was a Disney cast member, and Disney used to back in the day um have you know, throw a Christmas party for Disney cast members. So the park was closed, uh, except for Disney cast members and their families. Mm-hmm. And it was such a special moment for my family every single year. Um, that was when we uh, went and visited Santa Claus. That was when, you know, we would watch the electrical light parade down main street and drink hot cocoa. Uh, and we would, we got to stay up until super late. And as a kid, you know, to be at Disney world at like 11 o'clock at night, like that's a really big deal. <laughs> um, we would get churros. I mean, I. So many wonderful memories of you know Christmas time on Main Street USA um, with my family. So definitely say those are some of my earliest memories of learning to dream. Was you know Christmas time at Walt Disney World.
0: The uh, the the electric parade music is still like. The impossible music. It's like it should. It should not be attractive at all, but it's wonderful. I, I, I <laughs> to this day, I absolutely love it. That weird moog. <laughs> yeah.
1: So good. It's so good. Well, I'm gonna actually, ironically, or maybe not so ironically, if you've gotten to know Ashley and I at all, my answer is similar, and I will piggyback off of your Main Street USA being a favorite holiday memory for me, Christmas memory, because. Back in the eighties, Sears came out with this um, main street play set. Uh, so it was the town square and uh, you know, it was just like the town square and like a few buildings on the first block. And then it was this cardboard cutout of the castle at the end. And you could buy little figurines and they had the horse drawn carriage and um, you know, little figures with the holding balloons. Anyway, I saw this in the Sears catalog and, I needed it. I needed it so bad. And so I asked Santa for it and I will never forget the Christmas morning I woke up and, and on the way to where we had Christmas, we celebrated Christmas was in our, our formal living room. You know, one of those rooms you never went in uh, except for Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, there was a, there was an extra door to the living room off of the hallway, which was right next to my bedroom. And so I snuck a peek on my way to meet the rest of the family before we did Christmas morning. And I opened the door and I saw town square set up on the floor underneath the Christmas tree. And and it didn't matter what else was waiting for me. That was it. And so, um, yeah, that's one of my favorite memories. And, and another one um, uh, to go off the Disney thing is growing up in Southern California, you know, I always asked my parents to drive past the Disney studios just because it's 20 minutes away from where I grew up. I wanted to see it. Well, one year, my mom found out that they were opening up the studio lot to the public for a holiday party. And I I don't remember the specifics of it, but um, I do remember it was around the time that the Santa Claus came out because they had the Santa Claus sleigh on display. And I think you could take pictures. And um, it's very similar what they do for um, uh, Disney employees now on the lot of the holiday time. But it was open to the public for some reason that, you know. I just remember walking around and that was the first time I got to see the actual animation building and, and the ink and paint building and all the and Mickey Avenue and all these places that I knew from the Disneyland TV series, uh, but never dreamed I'd actually get to go set foot on. So um, anyway, I think of that Christmas memory every time I am at the lot because, you know, I have fortunately can go visit uh, pretty often now. And it's crazy to think that that, you know, about that one of those first visits was at Christmas time. And now I get to have the pleasure of going so often.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Sam, thank you so much. Great question. If I had a Disney Christmas memory, uh, one Christmas uh, half the cask is sick. So I ended up doing a triple. Well, that's... 20, 24, 24 shows when you know, normally our Matrix was eight. So, ka Anyway. That <laughs> like,
1: keeps on giving, Patty. Indeed,
0: indeed. From Brian. Oh, favorite Disney attraction to ride? And I'll expand that. Uh, that can include uh, if it's a, uh, a show type attraction or something to that effect.
1: Uh, I'm always going to go back to my two favorite quintessential Disney attractions, Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean. To me, they're just the epitome of Disney parks, storytelling, original stories um, that you can't find anywhere else. All the imagineering tricks of the trade were used back in the day, and I just, I love those. And if it's not those two, then it's any Disney railroad because, as I'm sure more than enough people know already, I'm a huge train fan, so I will sit on that train (laughs) and and take a trip around as often as I can. Yes, you are.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Well,
2: my... Favorite classic ride, I guess I should say, is Big Thunder Mountain. Um, I it's kind of a, a must-do every time I go to the parks. But I have to say, of of the newer rides and and Star Wars fans, please don't don't hate me when I say this, because I do love, love, love um all the rides at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Rise of Resistance, Smuggler's Run, and even Star Tours. Um, but I really, I really love Pandora Flight of Passage. Uh, it, it just, I've always wanted to fly. And it's the, I feel like it's the closest thing, um, where you, you can feel like you're flying. And then I do love Slinky Dog. I love Slinky Dog Dash. <laughs> so much. It just makes me so happy. Um, so yeah, those are my two new favorite rides. Uh, even though I do love Rise of Resistance, but Big Thunder Mountain. Will always be my favorite classic
0: ride. I I am a staunch defender of Big Thunder Mountain. Um, and whenever somebody says it's kind of, eh, I always ask them this: Have you ever ridden it at night? And they always say no. And I'm like, Oh yeah, you need to ride it at night. Your opinion will will completely change. And yeah. then they always get back to me and said, Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> it's one of the best. Wildest wild in the wilderness. Wilderness. <laughs> Ashley actually took me on Slinky Dog for the very first time. True. I had never yeah. gone on it. I didn't know what to expect. And I was like, it's a little kiddie ride. No, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah,
2: you're really good now, aren't you? I'm a
1: believer now. And also, I can't help but think of the last time we were on Flight of Passage and the kid next to us that was just mortified <laughs> to go on it. <laughs> Tears the whole time. And I can't remember what he demanded, but he was like, You're going to give me this if I do it. Parents <laughs> were like, We waited in line. We're going to do it. But yes, we will get you that churro. And it's like, Oh, God. <laughs>
0: uh brian uh, no worry brian thank you so much that was a fun one what do we have next and this comes from mabel who wants to know ah what are your biggest inspirations
1: hmm. that's a great one yeah uh, i've got mine do you need some time ashley
2: yeah, go first. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um i mean on, uh, i was gonna say unfortunately but i don't know if it's unfortunate that Uh, one of my biggest inspirations is kind of the easiest one and one that people probably would assume, uh, but it it is Walt Disney. Um, And that's not just because of the role I I play now. Uh, He was always one of my biggest inspirations. Um, You can go back and the the, the record shows it because in the third and fourth grade, I was doing book reports on Walt Disney and fifth grade, I did a book report on Walt Disney and dressed up like him and did my own animation. Um, So he's just, yeah, I mean, he really... Uh, him and his legacy and and what he created um, taught me so much about creativity, about passion, but also about hard work and determination and overcoming obstacles and so um yeah, what what he what he did and 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 even the more I learned about his personal life, um you know, his hobbies and whatnot you know i I always reference the train thing, but you know that's something I share with Walt and that he loved trains, and to me. Um, it just showed that, regardless of of the success Walt had or or the projects he was working on, he always maintained um, the ability to just be a little bit childlike um, and play with toys. You know, he's playing with miniature trains and and uh, and, and u- using his imagination in that sense. And so, um, yeah, he's he's always been a huge inspiration for me. And um, beyond Walt, you know, so many of the Disney artists, but then uh, just other painters and artists in in general and and also, you know, my parents, I, I have to give a, a shout out to my parents because I you know, was very fortunate to have parents who encouraged me to dream, who, who recognized a lot of my desires at a young age. And, you know, they didn't tell me it was silly. They didn't tell me to stop and, and focus on something more important or, or, or common. They just said, go for it. Um, and, you know, Ashley and I share this and talk a lot about it is that we, we had uh, we were given the permission uh, to dream permission to, to pursue those dreams. And, and that's, you know, kind of when we do finally hit the road, uh, that's what we're going to talk about is, is how, you know, voicing your dreams starts with the permission to, to, to do so. Um, and that's what we hope by sharing our stories, we encourage other people to do.
0: Absolutely. Yes.
2: Well, I will, uh, pick up right where Brett left off, you know, my husband and I talk about this a lot. Um, cause he, obviously had a career in baseball that was so public and a lot of, you know, actors or athletes, you know, they say, well, I don't want to be a role model. And I I will say whether you want it or not, if you're in the public eye, you, you, you are to an extent a role model, but you know, I I feel that the, the best role model is somebody that's in your life on a regular basis and, you know, to pick up where Brett left off, um, you know, my parents, my mom and my dad, and, um, also my husband, uh, are all inspirations to me. I mean, my parents, you know, taught me that, um, if you can dream it, you can do it. Uh, and that through hard work, anything is possible, um, and they also led by example they both worked very very hard and uh you know that inspired me um growing up that i could make anything happen through hard work and then you know my husband as well i truly you know became a, a better person after meeting him and having him in my life um and so i feel very fortunate that i can have people in in my life like that um but i i will say the fans and, and everyone watching here and everyone on social media media inspire me every single day. Um, You know, it's, it's really overwhelming because I feel very fortunate to get so many kind comments and, and, uh, DMs and, and everything every day. And I don't get the chance to get back to people, but I, I read everyone's stories and, and, and mm-hmm. read their kind comments. And it truly inspires me every single day. And of course, when we get back out on the road, just getting the chance to meet people in person, I, I want people to know that when they share their, their story with me, it sticks with me. And I don't forget it. And um, it, it is what keeps me going. I mean, when my gas tank is empty, um, and I read somebody's comment and what Ahsoka means to them, or even just, you know, uh, my book about making your dreams come true where Brett and I, in appearance we do, that is an inspiration to me personally. So I just I truly want to thank, um, thank everyone for all of your kindness. Cause it, it truly inspires me.
1: Awesome. Amen to that. Ditto. Mabel, thank you so
0: much. It was a wonderful question. And a reminder to our audience, if you would like to chat with our panelists like I am now, or purchase a personalized autograph, please sign up at galaxycon.com. And I think we have time for one or two more. So Jude, what's next? From Diana. Ah, are you a collector? And if so, what do you collect?
1: (laughs) This is a a perfectly timed question because uh, here at... uh, my house, we're in the process of redecorating and reorganizing a couple rooms, and I'm forced to be face to face with so many of my collections. Um, I am a collector, and uh, I don't even know how to categorize what I collect. I love I love it. All things vintage. I love vintage tools. I love vintage signs. Mm. Um, I, I love yeah so any, I, flea markets are my thing. So, I love. Just so like, you
0: could you could open up a Cracker Barrel. Oh,
1: oh well,
0: actually, yeah. actually what's with, with, yes. with the decor?
1: <laughs> that's no, that, that's accurate. And as I look out to my driveway, I have three wagons sitting in them right now. And I'm not talking about little red wagons. I'm talking about full-on Western 1800s wagons. So oh, wow. Basically, I'm saying I have a problem and I need help. I have a collector's problem and I need help. (laughs) I collect Mickey stuff too. I collect any type of art. So yeah, it's just it's nonstop. (laughs) Right on. Ashley?
2: I I collect Alice in Wonderland stuff. Um, Brett knows. I, my husband is so kind to let me basically decorate our entire house dedicated to Alice in Wonderland. Um, so I do have quite the obsession with all things Alice and have been collecting for years. Uh, I have a mini Star Wars collection. Pretty much it's just I collect Ahsoka stuff. So I have... Sure almost one of everything that um, has ever been made of hers, even though I can't keep up with all the new stuff now. So I'm a little behind, but um, Alice is definitely my my main collection.
1: I, I do have to uh, add on to this. Sorry, I forgot my Star Wars collection that I started at a very young age. And when Power of the Force toys came out um, oh, yeah. in the 90s, I just, I was obsessed. I was calling Toys R Us and Target and a store called Fedco here in Southern California. I'd be like, did you get the new shipment? Do you have the snow speeder? How many stormtroopers do you have? Could you put them on hold, please? I need a TIE fighter pilot. So um, <laughs> I have I have way too big of an Imperial army that I don't even want to. That, admit that, to?
0: Was that that first wave when they were all like, ridiculous? Oh yeah, powerful. whenever it was like man mold. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, and it was yeah, like yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I, I know, but I was so desperate. See, my uncle growing up, my uncle held the original stuff, and and uh, and another uncle actually gave me some of like a, a New Hope. Uh, series toys and I had those growing up but then they got sold or I don't know what so I just always I was so desperate for it when they came out I was like I will overlook these weird sculpts just to get my hands on a collection so yeah I have a lot of buff but then I, I collected when they finally started doing better sculpts as well so
0: let me ask this much uh, with your respective collections the Alice in Wonderland stuff or the uh, the old fashioned uh, Tools of Sundries what's the pride of those collections for you What's the one piece that you're like? This is oh. the showpiece.
2: Well, for me, a good friend of mine, um, actually, a, a two good friends of mine, gave me a first edition copy of Alice in Wonderland. Wow! So um, that is that is pretty special to me, and, and blew me away that they would they would gift me with such an amazing piece.
1: Wow. Uh, again, I told you, Patty, I'm bad with the whole favorites thing. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, which maybe would make me a good parent because I wouldn't have a favorite. But um, anyway. Well, uh, you I just got engaged,
0: so we'll, we'll, uh,
1: we'll let Nathan take a course. Let's just go through. Anyway. Um, so did my mom put you up to that? <laughs> uh ask me no questions i'll tell you no lies yeah so i always say let's see. go back to the collecting thing i there i have so many things i just so for me it's all about the story like i love anything with a good story i have a few things that are like tied to national parks or or or, you know tied to a a maker who did something but I will say the one thing in the house that I say I could I could give it up all of it if we had to leave in a hurry. The one thing I would grab is I do have an original silk screen haunted mansion poster that hung at the front of Disneyland um, in the '60s, and it's wow. it's framed. And so I you know and it's one of the big ones. It's not the reproductions. And so I think that's the one thing that the know, uh, the the hitchhiking ghosts, the hitchhiking ghosts, yeah. So nice. I, I if I had to leave in a hurry, I would grab that. It'd be an awkward run because it, you know, yeah. This, but I would I would take it.
0: <laughs> oh, so, that
1: would that's uh, my... be a good
0: choice. Go. Diana, that was a great question. And GalaxyCon viewers, this spend my time with these disney and star wars paragons but it absolutely does not have to be yours if you'd like to chat with our guests or purchase a personalized autograph please head over to galaxycon.com and while you're there be sure to check out our upcoming events just like this one uh friends is so wonderful any final words for our audience before we leave tonight
2: again i just want to thank everyone um you know it's it's I feel like 2020 has actually brought us all closer together um, because we've all been stuck at home and really connected (laughs) through social media. It really is our means of of connecting. And um, I just like I said, I I haven't been able to get back to everyone, but I want everyone to know I'm I'm reading all of the comments and um, I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful of the amazing community that we have online and um, just want to thank everyone for their support.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll piggyback off of that too. I mean, it's one of the things we'll talk about when we finally get back on the road with our voice, your dreams is, you know, uh, at a very young age, I, uh, the, some, the quick story is I wrote a letter to the, uh, Disney studios asking for a job and I was, I think seven. Um, and I got a response and it wasn't just a quick response. It was back in the time of snail mail. And I got a multi-page response from somebody who took the time to encourage me and. Um, you know, like Ashley said, the fans make such a difference, you know, they kind of just remind us of where we came from and and and, and why we do what we do and why it's so important to us um, to to preserve these characters, even if we're playing just a small part on the blip of this character's story and radar, you know, it's, it's such an honor. And uh, the fans are a great reminder of that. So yeah, thanks. Thanks to everyone who just keeps encouraging us.
0: Ashley and Brett, as always, it's my absolute pleasure to serve you both. Once again, thank you for joining us here at the GalaxyCon virtual stage. Thank you to our audience for joining us today, and thank you for all your great questions. Hope to see you again later on tonight, where GalaxyCon live will be hosting a classic Disney reunion featuring cast members from Bambi and Peter Pan. And tomorrow... Sunday, December 13th, we'll be hosting reunions of The Adams Family featuring Christina Ricci and Christopher Lloyd, G.I. Joe, the animated series, and Halo. Until then, bye-bye, everyone. Take care, and please keep washing those hands.